Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with another Wrestling Perspective podcast. Dennis Farrell, a still no Lars Fredrickson this week. He's uh, off doing rock star stuff, which we are not. So here we are. And I'll be honest, CM Punk didn't reply to my text, which I don't even have his phone number. So that's why you're here. <laughs> oh, okay. Another one. Well, Lars asked me to come on and talk to you since, you know, I wouldn't answer your call. You'd think I answered your call, but, you know, so back at you. You know what's funny? I don't think you're lying. <laughs> I can 100% see him being like, here's, I'm going to Venmo you 10 bucks. He's going to text you. Just act like you like the guy. Please, please. I'll, I'll pay you by the hour. Yeah. That sounds like to my parents now. Just be friends with them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're doing Q and A's. We got a bunch of questions here. You and I are going to chop it up and enjoy uh, some friendly banter and see what we, what we agree, what we don't. Uh, we got some hot takes here. We'll start with Jeremy from Norfolk. He goes, uh, guys, what's your opinion on Tessa Blanchard? Do you think she deserves a second chance at pro wrestling? I've seen her pop up on the Indies and Holy cow, does she have talent? I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start out here. Uh, and I'm going to go with the history of the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. How many guys have done crappy, shitty things and have gotten second chances? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know her. Uh, I've seen her a few times when I was hanging out with PD Williams and impact. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been nice to me, but <clears throat> I think if you put her case and I only know what I hear on the internet, but if you put her case up against just about anybody else's in wrestling, I think she does deserve a second chance. I don't know if it's today, tomorrow, next year. I don't know uh, what uh, price she's actually paid. But right. from a, a, a standpoint of that, I think eventually she does. So, yeah, much has been put out there about her and everything. Um it's very recently, with at least within the last few months, I say, maybe the last six months, her and La, La Rosa Negra have made amends. I mean, they met together. Pictures came out. Like, they both posted. You know, um, I've met Tessa down in San Antonio. I believe she does live there because she trains at the Hybrid School of Wrestling. Um, I've met Tully a few times. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but she was very cordial, very nice, very respectful. 
Uh, but back to her and, and La Rosa Negra, I've met her a time or two, saw her at the Cauliflower Alley Club, in fact. Um, and she's a stand-up lady herself. And if she, whatever went on between those two, it's all rumor and innuendo because of what everyone else has said. Um, I don't even think, I, I, honestly, I don't know the entire story. I know the implications there. But all I've got to say is, yes, she does deserve a second chance. She has been working. I think she's a tremendous talent. Go ahead and shoot me. I don't really give a shit. I think she deserves a second chance. Those two made amends, and that's where the issue was. Case closed. No one else's business. I agree. Uh, Al says, with the uh, rebranding of Impact to TNA, who would you like to see show up in the first episode that was originally from TNA? Um, I think James Storm. I don't know what he's up to. I think he's still in shape and still ready to go. He's in uh, houses, I think. He's in the real estate from what I like. Okay. Well, then, you know, knock it out of the park because getting, especially when you've had a long run in this business, and boy, I understand it, but I've been to the real world as well. Um, you know, but he's had quite a bit of success in wrestling, but to transition out of wrestling, that's awesome. So he may have absolutely zero interest because I don't know how long it's been since he had. Uh, a few matches at NXT, and it's probably longer than I think it is. Um, you know, probably five, six years since that happened. I mean, I really don't re recall. Time escapes me, but uh, he is one I would like to see. Just a familiar face if you're going to go for nostalgia. Who is available? Like, again, I don't know exactly who's available, you know, anymore from the old days, you know? Right. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, and we had this question before while you were on your uh, vacation. Uh, I will say this. I hate the rebranding and I am very oh. vocal about it. I don't know why so many people actually love it, but to me, it is the stupidest thing Impact could do. You spent tens of thousands of dollars rebranding, changing everything, working hard to distance yourself from this TNA brand, to build this up reputation, to go from global force and back to Impact and, and building this up. And I, you know, they're successful. Were they a little stagnant? Maybe, but you know what? They were still successful. And then all of a sudden you're like, guess what we're going to do? We're going back home, guys. We're going to redo this whole thing where I don't know why people look back on the TNA era with these rose colored glasses. Cause sure there was some great wrestling, but to me that TNA era was just like, uh, like I it didn't, yeah, it wasn't that great of an error to go back to for that company. It, I I don't get it. I'm sure there are probably people smarter than I am. But for me, it the dumbest thing I think this company could be doing right now. Wow. Well, I can tell you I was there. You know, I started producing for Impact. And uh, I was there with the rebranding, the whole video, all that stuff. And the place went, went crazy for it. They were loving it. And I guess they chanted left and right. And I mean, I caught myself all the time. And I didn't know until I got there that the rebranding was going to happen, you know, that weekend. Right. Um, but I had always referred to it as TNA. I always have. So good, bad, or indifferent, that's what's always stuck in my head, especially since I worked there when they first began. So it's always been TNA. And to be fair, there's a lot of it I didn't watch back when all these people came through. I just, di I just didn't. Like, there's a lot of – there's a period of time where I dipped out of wrestling so much and didn't really pay attention. So I missed a lot of, you know uh, – I, I would watch when maybe Joe first came in and, and that, and they probably, they moved their tapings around quite a bit. Um, 
but there's there's different things like there was there's something that popped up the other day with with uh, uh snooka and piper and piper mm-hmm. was in the ring and gave snooka a coconut and said go on go on go on hit me you know like give, get your revenge and i'm like when in the fuck did this happen like they have footage of that stuff you know i mean the immense library they have i could i can see the reasoning and um you know from what i heard like they said they just they, i mean for their decision to go with it i mean it's there's a lot of hands in the cookie jar that said you know yeah let's let's do this so you know i applaud them and, and hope for the the best for the future crowds have been up shows are just killing it like i watched mike bailey and will osprey just just fucking just tear it up man i was amazed you know um it's like a great it's, company it's, i and i'm not knocking the company by the way sure. the impact yeah i get that I understand that. yeah but for 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 a guy that has seen the struggles they've gone to through you know i what since 2016 to 2017 to really separate themselves from that tna from that global force brand name to sure. go kind of back I feel like it's just going backwards for them. That 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 impact name was actually, I don't know if I use the word gaining steam, but it was holding its own. And I, I maybe I, I hope history proves me wrong. I hope in a year where you and I are hanging out and you're like, huh, how's your opinion now? I can eat for <laughs> like, dude, I was so wrong. This is great. It's really helped out, but I don't know. I just it just doesn't feel right to me right now. Understand, understand. Yep, we differ there. Uh, well, I'm I'm actually kind of glad. Okay, all right. Um, Al has a follow up question with the rebranding with back to TNA. Uh, do you see them bringing back the original logo, or do you think they should do a different logo? Um, I think the logo they use is a play on the original logo. Mm. Um, I, I would. I I think they should touch on it a little bit. Um. <clears throat> because of you know the nostalgia factor i i haven't heard the the numbers for the shirts that are out there but um i think the only thing that wasn't prepped was having shirts ready at the door when they announced it so people would just jump on it like the next day of course also they were still finishing up impact taping so i don't know if they wanted a bunch of tna shirts in the crowd when they're at the impact show i don't know i don't know the mindset that i didn't ask that far into uh the psyche the psychology of everything but um, I think the logo they picked is a play on the original. I don't think it is exactly the original, but, uh, I like, I like the old, the old school. I figured like, fuck it's old school. Jesus. That's been 20 years now. It's been that long. I think I worked in TNA in 2002 or three, somewhere in there. If, if so, anybody said, Hey, ACE in 2023, you will be in TNA. no none of us it never would have fucking crossed my mind i mean to be honest with you anything that's gone on with me in the last five years never would have fucking crossed my mind the way (laughs) my world was going and all that stuff like i couldn't have told you that i'd end up living in florida and be smack dab in the wrestling business doing all this different stuff like i couldn't have told you that so i certainly couldn't have told you that i would have been at tna well, Lloyd wants to know where are all the Big John Stud fans at? Let's make some noise for the big guy, <laughs> and where would you rank him on, on in your all-time favorites? I don't know that he's an all-time favorite, but such a quality opponent for quality big man for sure. But as 
I mean, as history tells it, like Andre just didn't like him because he was a, another giant and he would do, he'd like get in the ring over the top, just like Andre would. So Andre was pissed. I get over the top rope, you know, a little bit territorial there. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know. I, I haven't looked up any shoot interviews or read anything with, with Big John Stud. I think it goes that Stud doesn't talk bad about Andre, even if Andre was maybe this might have been a Bobby Heenan interview where he talked about stuff like that. I'm sure there's others, but I want to go back to Bobby because Bobby's a good source of uh, Andre stories. And I think he did, you know, he did. Oh, well, he managed Stud while they went after Andre, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the money and the bag and all that bullshit. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think he was an awesome quality big man. Uh, somebody said that at some point in his life, he did the gas and or growth hormone. I don't know what it was. He was already big as it was. Like, he probably didn't need it back. He probably didn't need it ever because he was really big. But uh, I thought that was a quality guy. Certainly, uh, is he over here? My LJN section? No, he, he didn't make the cut. I only got so much room. But he was a great LJN when they had him, you know. Yeah, you know, big for to me, Stud was always one of those guys that was just on the outside of my favorites because I was younger at that point. So, sure. like, like I was a fan favorite of all the mega stars, unfortunately. And right. I keep, you know, one of my big arguments is when we were kids, we didn't know what good wrestling and bad wrestling was. So. So, you know, these people today that, you know, clown the stuff we used to like and call it bad, even, <laughs> the, even the people like I'll, I'll say this. And I, and I don't know if I've ever said this to you, but I've said it a million times on this podcast. One one of my all time favorite storylines, and I remember watching it as it went on television went on is one of the most knock storylines in all of wrestling. And it bothers me because as kids. I remember my group of wrestling fans. We loved what was going on with the Black Scorpion stuff. In oh, really? <laughs> I did. I absolutely. But we were kids. Like I didn't know who was originally under the mask or who was supposed to be. And then I like listen to these shoot interviews later, where it's like there were no real clues. We were just making stuff. As, I didn't know that. I was like ten or twelve at the time. I loved what was going on. It you know when he hit the smoke and disappeared. I was a kid. It was amazing. <laughs> right now as an adult, I can look back and go, all right, I get it. But as a kid, so to listen to people like knock it, like it was always a horrible storyline, maybe to adults or people in the industry, it was, yeah, but as, a, as a nerdy kid, I loved what was going on there. <laughs> I so- can tell you that I remember I was an educated fan. So I knew, you know, I wasn't reading real dirt sheets, but I would, get like the, I do the, the, the calls to the, you know, the, the local number to find out some hotline somewhere. Never the 909-9900 one, but uh, don't call that people. It probably doesn't go anywhere or you're going to get taken for a ride. Disclaimer. Um, but I remember thinking that you kept saying, I'm from your past staying, you know, come to find out that's Oli. And we'd wreck our brain. And actually it was, we'd go, it's got to be the angel of death. And it was the angel of death at one point, but he wasn't going to be the main guy, you know? Um, Al Perez, we thought. I don't know if he ever was one. Like you threw all these fucking names in the hat because we were, you know, we were smarter than the average bear. So, and then it was Flair. I remember when it was Flair. We went. Well, we knew it was Flair as soon as he got in the rings. We watched him work, and we're like, "That's Flair." Like I knew enough back then to see how Flair walked and talked, and like, even though he tried to change what he did, he just had that same body. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, "Well, that's a fucking letdown," you know. 
So, but to, to kind of to go back with the big John Stud thing, I'm not one of those guys that in hindsight will go, he was always one of my favorites. I no. appreciate what he's done now yeah. as, as I got older. Oh, sure. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, he was one of those guys that were just kind of off in the peripheral. He was a big guy that sometimes dominated. You never knew how, why did that guy just, you know, uh-huh. I, I didn't understand that as a kid. So, I try not to look back on these kind of questions with the rose colored glasses that I have on now and lie to people and be like, I love big John stuff because <laughs> I want to seem like a smart wrestling fan. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I could have cared less back then. I mean, honestly, who did I mention to my wife? Oh, dusty, you know, just to turn in a, just, just talk about who you were a fan of. Of course I love dusty. Now, of course I love the promos and the genius and you know, the, the bad booking and the good booking and all the stuff. And the stories, but I hated Dusty Rhodes when I watched wrestling. The minute the Road Warriors hit the scene, I was all about them. Then NWA came on, I was watching the Horsemen. I was watching guys like that. Then I appreciated wrestlers, you know. That's when I started thinking that I may want to do this. So then I'd watch a Brad Armstrong and things like that. But I couldn't stand Dusty. Now I stop on everything. There is Dusty just to hear him say something, you know. But Dusty uh, was he, not the sexy wrestler guy fans that we grew, we we liked when growing up. No, but but in the same vein of like if you were to be and definitely on a lesser scale for Big John Stud because he was never the promo master or any of that. I mean, he, he I guess would just fall in that category. Like oh, I never paid attention. Funny enough that you brought this up about Big John Stud be a question. I just acquired this from an auction, a Central Stage Pro Wrestling album. This from way back in the day, and basically because there's an old Harley picture, there's an old yeah. Big John Stud. Chuck Connor, like it's that's. I was flipping through, and there's an old Fuji, by the way, on the other side. Oh, but, Fuji. Uh, but I looked at my wife and said, "You know what that is?" She's like, "Who the fuck is that?" I was like, "That's Big John Stud." Like, I just knew it. I was like, "That's crazy." But, uh, anyway, let me ask you this, and this isn't one of the fan questions, but my question to you, and we both know a lot. You know way more people than I do in wrestling, but who was one guy you were not a fan of, but then you met or maybe even became uh, friends with. And then you were like, that's now one of my favorite people. Oh, wow. I wish you prepped me for that one. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a plethora of people. Cause I'd like to say, uh, you know, I, I gravitate towards the old timers. Like I always have, whether it'd been like, you know, I was trained by a lot of AWA jobbers. Like, cause they were in the area and, uh, like I gravitated towards anyone that had been around a while. So I knew how to keep my mouth shut and just listen. That's how I learned. And that's how I got better by following, listening, learning. Um, you know, Terry Taylor's a great dude. Uh, but I appreciated his work. Like I knew who Terry Taylor was. I mean, how many people are left on this earth that can teach you that with 60 minutes with Ric Flair? There's mm. not that many, you know, when he was champ or wrestled Harley race. You know, there's not that many left that, that got to do stuff like that. Um, Man, you know, go back. I'll, I'll throw that back in the, you know, see if I can jump around in the memory here because, uh, and I'll, I'll let you know who who pops in my head. So we'll put that question on hold for right now if you don't mind. All right. All right. Uh, for me, it's Harley Race, by the way. Oh, really? I, I only met Harley Race one time. It was okay. at a, in a casino in St. Louis. Uh, we were before we record, I was telling you, you know, I'm my family's from St. Louis. I go back uh-huh. as much as I can. And I don't know, I want to say it was 18 or 19. And uh, walking through, you spot them a million miles away. Uh, yeah. I want to say he was playing some card game. I don't remember what card game it was, maybe 21 or blackjack or something. I that's I don't remember, but I remember him sitting and 
I, I, I'm with my dad. My dad's like, ah, you probably don't want to bother him. He's, you know, doing this thing. I'm like, wow. it's, it's hardly race, right? I walk up yeah. and I'm like, hey, I don't want to bother you. Um, thank you. You know, you know, you always thank him for what they did. And he's like, hey, sit right here for a minute. So I sit there. He doesn't say a word to me for 10 minutes, right? Because he wants to finish out his thing. Sure, sure. Then he's like, hey, I appreciate it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he goes, uh, and I, I'm trying to remember, and it wasn't anything profound, but he's like, tell me your favorite match. And I'm like, uh, you know, at that time, God, I'm, I want to say at that time, my favorite match was probably something dumb like, you know, uh, Hogan, Macho Man, WrestleMania Five. You know, I think yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, only right. know what you know. I wasn't, sure. I wasn't a tape trader. I look, guys. I know I'm gonna get you know just destroyed in in the emails and whatnot. But look, I'm not gonna pretend to you and lie to you and be like, oh, I love this Japanese match from 1972. I didn't know that shit existed as a kid. I was, yeah. I was relegated to television wrestling. I'm sorry. I've grown up the b- b- since then, but you know, and he's like, Oh, that get the <laughs> fuck out of here. All right. And I left, but he was, he didn't have to, I mean, the whole thing probably took, you know, 30 seconds of dialogue, but the fact that he was going to like talk to me until I said something that he probably didn't like, like, I didn't know if he thought I was a smart fan or a dumb. F- I was a dumb fan, but you know, I think he gave me the opportunity to have his time. I pissed it away with dumb answers. He was like, get the fuck out of here. I loved it. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, thinking about it, not that thinking about that question, and are, and you were changing my perception. Um, there could be a couple of Japanese wrestlers that I, I didn't care for, and then when I worked them and they were so kind to me over there being in a foreign country like Akira Tawe. Tawe is a legend over there. He was great to me. Easy, you know, easy in matches. Didn't you know? Try to take any liberties. He certainly could have, um, but he was he was great to deal with. Like just thinking, like ah, he's just he's a guy I wouldn't watch. Now I watch all of them. Like I see the genius of him. Like I just didn't. I'm like, who's this guy that kind of looks like Baba? Uh, and I'd watch him work. Um, shoot, I had one in mind, and then it fucking went away. That's how the brain works. I was looking around the room. I was like, what what's around here that I had? You know, something up. Um, yeah, he just it doesn't uh, even have to be former. What about even now? Is there a guy that maybe uh you watch and you're like, ah, you know what, he was okay. And then you get to know him or maybe trained him or he came across you in a training session and you're like, All right, I get it now. I except for the one ECW um the night the line was crossed, the one that got around because it was the was it the first three way dance with funk Sabu and Shane Douglas, Sherry with, with, with Shane Douglas. Um, but that tape on there is Mike Awesome, where the top rope broke. Um, okay. Mike Awesome is a guy that was like, yeah. And I did a tour of Japan with Mike Awesome, and he was the greatest fucking guy ever. He was so cool. He was such a nice guy. Like, we stayed and rest in peace, Mike Awesome. He was great to me. Um, this was right before the ECW one night stand that he did. He went back and did one with Masato Tanaka. Um, he came in to work Kabashi is why he was in on this tour that I was on. Um, and we had taken, for whatever reason, there was two days off in between the tour. And we were in uh, Sapporo, Northern Island of Japan. 
which required the bus to take the ferry boat back home. Like you had to hit the ferry boat between the islands. Because of the couple of days off in between, some of the guys opted to pay for a flight to fly back to Tokyo and, and enjoy their days off. I wasn't spending any more money than I, you know, that I had to. If the company wasn't paying for it and it, it was a luxury, as opposed to the bus has still got to go back, fuck it, I'm riding the bus. So was Mike Awesome. We had gone out and had a hell of a night one night. I think all of us did. And then everyone flew out. And then he and I hopped on this bus. And on the buses, famously, there's a VCR. And Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas just kept playing on loop. And we were both hung over and wake up. <laughs> we wake up at different intervals seeing this fucked up movie playing. So bizarre. But he was just the greatest guy on tour. He was a nice guy. He was fun to hang out with, fun to party with. Like, just a dude, just a cool dude, you know? Oh, man. That's one guy I kind of wish I've always had the chance to meet. There, I'm so mad because, like, I got into the wrestling podcast game so late, I didn't get to meet half oh. the guys that so are amazing. And, you know, before then, I was just a fanboy, so why would they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a different era, too, you know? Right. Uh, shit, I remember meeting Sting and Lex Luger outside the, like, center stage in Atlanta as a Boy Scout. I mean, that was how bad, you know, and they were shaking hands and all that stuff and loved it. Greatest people back then. All right. Let's uh, Isaiah, as reported earlier, NXT was looking for a new home in 2024, moved to the uh, after the move to USA. It was official that they moved to or move into CW. I'm kind of scouring through this. Yeah. October 2024. Do you think the CW was upset with the NWA over the cocaine spot so much that they used it or they used uh, let me do you think the C- CW used the cocaine spot as an excuse to get out of their contract with the NWA so they can land NXT? Uh, I don't know. And, and I've even s- seen it written up here recently that said that they might put them on the app and maybe that was always the plan. So nobody knows anything. I do know that I worked for Dave Marquez and his United Wrestling Network, that they were, and that's been reported, so I'm not telling stories out of school. Um, they were working on this and, you know, it seemed like close to a deal as well. So they had been, you know, fielding their offers and options, um, but had no idea that NXT or any other, you know, um, I, I don't know. I don't think the spot was a, a particularly smart thing to throw into in this day. I mean, you can look at it so many different ways. Who gives a fuck? Had they done it in 1992, would it have mattered? No, no one was watching wrestling anyway. But with the climate, the way it is and things, like, it, I don't know. Maybe it didn't even fucking matter. Maybe they just knew where they were going and where everyone's just making a big deal. Oh, my God, I can't believe they did that, you know? Um, I don't know, you know? Um, I think, though, if I was, if I was looking for you know, my show to find a new home, especially something as big as CW, I might not have done the spot. That's a personal thing. And professionally probably might have stayed away from it, you know, but, uh, you know, teach their own, you know, it's, it's Billy ship. So he gets to run it the way he likes to. We can backseat quarterback this thing until the cows come home. Yep. I'm, yep. I don't think it had any bearing on it. Uh, you know, uh, CW, I, I love Billy. He was great as a guest. Uh, they were mm-hmm. great inviting me out to Cleveland to go see the pay-per-view, which ultimately I couldn't make because I was under the weather. But I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, if someone called me and said, do you want uh, NWA or NXT? I'm going NXT. You know, it's a smart business decision. 
I I know how I you know what? I, let me take this back. I don't want to say I know how the WWE operates, but I hear how it operates and how they're very protective of their yard. So mm-hmm. I still can't see WWE going to a place saying, no, we're going to allow you to have another contract with another wrestling company too. So sure. I don't see that happening either. Oh, exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, no, we're very fond of Billy in this house. Uh, my wife, Lucy used to work from back in the resistance days, uh, the first promotion that he, he had kicked off and, and ran. And uh, I actually, Ran into him. Well, he's been very gracious to us. We've been to the shows a couple of times, just on a personal level. He's a great dude. Um, you know, again, it's his ship and he does things. You know, there's a lot of controversy about him putting the title on Tyrus. You know, that's, again, his his place, his spot. It's uh, it's his, you know, wrestling game to play. You know, it's his, it's his, it's his action figures to put, the t- just like AEW or any other place. This is the guy we're going with and, we put our title at this action figure, you know, it's, it's, it's his idea, what he wants out of it. And, you know, he's, I'm sure he's got no regrets about what he's done. No. And I'll say this as a wrestling fan and a wrestling podcaster, we have way too much power nowadays as fans with our voices. Oh. And it's the worst thing that could have happened to the industry. Yep. I don't like fans dictating storylines. I Listen, don't get me wrong. There's great things. You, The Daniel Bryant getting himself over. L.A. Knight getting himself over. Two great examples there of using fans, having their voices heard, elevating them. Great. 99.9% of the time, wrestling fans can't book their way. I can't book my way out of a paper bag. I know it. I'm smart enough to get it. I I talk to you sometimes. I talk to Petey. I'll throw an idea out, and you guys be like, dumbest shit I've ever heard. Stop texting me. <laughs> I accept that because you know what? Uh, ultimately, I'm just a fan. Uh, we cheer, we boo. That's all we should do. When mm-hmm. fans start having their voices heard and, be, and, and, and affect the politics of wrestling, no, you don't hear, nor should a fan ever be able to say, you need to change this ending of a movie. We don't write fucking movies exactly. or a TV show. This character needs to come back. You know what? When the TV show gets canceled and you want to bring it back, great. You write and do whatever you can. But nor should any fan be able to dictate the outcome of a movie or TV show or wrestling. Because you know what part of wrestling is? Things you don't like happening. And then you hope for your guy to get it. Because you shouldn't know what's coming next. That's why I don't read dirt sheets. I like that surprise. Two important things you brought up right there. And two important people. Daniel Bryan. When he was Daniel. Someone who's Daniel Bryan and L.A. Knight. Here's the difference. Not just the online chatter. What did the people in the fucking arena do? If they were quiet and there was online chatter, there'd still be online chatter because they were fucking quiet. They weren't quiet. When Punk left in 2014 and Brian was coming up, he they were stupid not to put him in the spot like they did. Like that was that was punks, 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 and then he was like, I'm fucking out of here. And then Brian, it was all like the the world was like, where the fuck did Punk go? But Brian was making his ascension. Like huge to that and to which they had to do they worked mania the way they did you know he beat triple h at the beginning and then mm-hmm. ended up beating winning the three-way the but the fact that he won the fucking world title in mania they would have never never and remember vince was at the helm at this point they would have never done a thing if that crowd didn't do what they did la night same difference doesn't matter what you know everyone's opinion on on the tablets and all online everywhere doesn't matter or in any show, 
something like us, some other dirt cheat show, or this is not a dirt cheat show. But, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, once Lars gets back on, it's a fucking dirt cheat show. I was going to say, wait till next week when we start trying to break news. That's right. Um, it's the can we can we start doing fake news right now? Be like, boy, I can't wait for Chicago Survivor Series. <laughs> Anyone know what's going on there? Wink, right. wink. No. Corey Graves is gonna wrestle again, and he looks like my God. He's got tattoos. Holy shit! Uh, they used to joke with him that he was. Uh, I think I call. I actually found an old promo where I called him a low rent CM Punk somewhere. Like we worked oh, in Ring of Honor. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was way back in the day. But anyway. Um, the fact that the crowd does what they do, that's the deciding fucking factor. You know, historically, WWE, WWF, I still call them just because it's, it's, it's just what I do. Yeah, I'll do. Uh, the Fed, historically, and a lot of what Vince would do, if it's not the direction he wanted, he'd say, fuck that. No, I mean, we still had, you know, John Cena persevered, Roman persevered. But if it wasn't the way they wanted to go, they would still go. If it wasn't the way, if the people didn't want what the Fed wanted for direction, the Fed would keep shoving it their way. They wouldn't always turn course and listen to the people, which a lot of other places would. I've been taught you should. Um, you know, if you're in a match and like, you know, well, they're taking, you know, how do I play this off? Like Punk had one of the last ones where he had a split crowd everywhere he went and he just he just ate it up. He's like, that's great. You're still cheering for it. You're still making some type of reaction to me and I'll feed into all of it, you know? That's a gift given to you, and you have to realize you have that gift because no one likes walking out around, walking out into an arena, giant arena filled with people, or a small arena not filled with people. Wherever you are, no one likes silence. And those people rose up. It's not. It's more than just the internet chatter. It's the people in the arena just deafening, where they don't have to pipe in. The hey, you know, and you know the difference. You can tell if you pay attention. You can definitely tell when that's happening. Besides the fact that everyone's just sitting or watching and not moving and going like this, but you know you can tell when it's piped in and can and can uh, heat or can you know applause. Great. Well, Rob wants to know uh, or says uh, these guys in WWE are getting so lazy calling spots during Crown Jewel. Cena had a uh, single most blatant spot call I've ever seen, and then on Raw, Miz straight up had a full sentence calling a spot, no hiding his mouth or nothing. Well, you can't argue that. Cena historically has said, I've heard him say, I'm pretty loud sometimes. But also he's calling right then and there. Um, yeah, there's an art to it, you know. I've I've had that a lot over the years with, with newbies. Like, how do I call? How do I call this? I'm like, when you're in holds, when you're in moves, when you're down, when you're, you know, getting up. But you also learn to be a ventriloquist. It is also a lost art, you know. It's something... Man, you got to have someone in there that tells you to shut the fuck up, or no one's going to tell Cena to shut the fuck up. Cena can write his own ticket. But I do agree. You need to keep, you know, there's no reason to. Uh, I saw a bunch of kids last night at, uh, I was down in Newport Ritchie at World Wrestling Network, WWN. They had a Proving Ground show. I was down there and uh, I watched the show. And when I was done, and I do this everywhere I go, I'm like, we can suspend disbelief. And it always turns to, like, you brought up movies again, the endings, like, I don't want to see where John Wick ducks two punches and they're this far away, you know, like, I don't want to see that. Um, so why are we doing that? Like, there's an art to what we do. We can suspend disbelief with people this close from me to my wall. 
I should be able to make the art, you know, viable for them to go, oh, you know, they know our business is predetermined, but do we have to tell them and really show them each and every time? No, I will stand my ground that, you know, we need to tighten it up, especially our talking, especially putting stuff in. I agree. And this would have been more of an issue, I think, if we were talking about this 20 years ago. But now it's just a whole different product. I mean, we're doing leg slaps now and we don't ever question that. So I get it. We don't hate leg slaps. It's just part of the – you know what? Uh, I heard this put best. At some point, you become the old guy yelling at people. Do you want to do that or do you just want to enjoy whatever product you're getting? Because at some point – it's not it's not your product to dictate what you like or not, don't like. And there are things I don't like. I can turn it off if I want to, or I can just sit back and enjoy what's being presented to me. Exactly. You've got to, you know, you, you, do you want to sit there and do this, or do you want to, like, at least try to enjoy something? And there are times I've got to do that for myself. Mm-hmm. My wife will tell me to go, hey, snap out of it, coach. Like, okay, sorry. Let's just watch. You know, yeah. but it, it, they're also, even though obviously I know the jig is up, um, there's plenty of people that can get me just fucking like, holy shit, you know, just, I feel that, you know, you feel the hairs up on your, on your arms there, just go up. Like you get the chills, you, you get it for either a reaction from the crowd or just something that's been done in the ring. You know, it all like, or it, it just, it just engulfs you and bring, pulls you right into that moment. And that's the stuff I think it gets anybody. It gets anybody person who knows who probably, you know, who put the matches on, to the person sitting at home we can all that's where i go back to suspending disbelief it can still be done let's do some uh, lightning round questions because we're running out of time here adam decker when will rick flair go away (laughs) (laughs) uh you know what Uh, i don't ever want to see him wrestle but i'd love to see him as a legit manager i i I don't listen i don't like rick flair i'm not a rick flair guy i don't hate him I I've never actually met him, so I can't say I don't like him one way or another. But right. I think Ric Flair, if done right, could be a good throwback manager for somebody if done right. You know what? Bring back a version of the four horsemen with Ric Flair as, as the manager. I could pop with that. I could get behind that. I like nostalgia. I won't lie about it, but it's got to be done right. And I want an old school manager where He's not actually getting too involved, but he's more of a mouthpiece or maybe grab a breath or distract him a little bit. You know, I'd almost have a Miss Elizabeth-esque around the ring, and that's about it, you know? I gotcha. I gotcha. I could, I could see that for him. Like, you know, for Andrade, if Andrade's a heel, especially since he's in AEW now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see if he's going to take a couple of bumps. I would rather see him as a heel. I don't want to see. I know that people's going to cheer and you know, ooh, and blah. It's, that's going to happen. They've been doing it since his days as a heel. But I would rather see him as a heel than a babyface. Yes, I agree. And if it's going to happen, and I'm a little bit. I just thought about this, right? And I don't want to get too in the weeds of this, but at one point there would be a company out there that could have had Ric Flair, now Arn Anderson, and Tully. And that could have been an interesting battle with each one of those guys managing somebody. And then they all have to wrestle for, you know, have their guys wrestle for a championship. I could have gotten behind that too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's my nostalgia. Like anytime I saw Tully and Arn together, when I would walk into a locker room, I'm like, who's fucking Tully and Arn? All right. Hey guys, how are you? (laughs) You know, 
I and I would I never would bat an eye and I'd go straight up once I got a rapport with Arn, I'd just go talk to him and ask for opinions on things that we were doing. I'd ask him not in a markish way about an old storyline, but like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this with these people. How do I get there? How did you do this in this angle? And he could take me back and say, well, what we did, and he put it in storyline perspective. Tully, I would talk to about the old days. Like, you know, I would mention, I'd drop Harley's name. Hey, Harley was my agent for Japan. Talked about him a little bit. Did you ever work Harley? No, I never worked Harley, but I actually ref the match for Harley. And then he just told me all the shit that he learned watching Harley doing a 60-minute Broadway, you know, just let me pick the brain of these gentlemen. So, of course, I'd like to see them interact on screen because it's around here somewhere. I've got got a four-horseman four picture or, or just Tully and Arn, the Brain Busters, behind me as a tag team. But, uh, you know, that's the stuff that – that's exactly the stuff I grew up on. So, yeah, I could I could buy seeing some interaction there. You're right. It's almost – I said it the other day. They're in – or they're coming. I don't know what, whatever AEW is doing. And Charlotte, Flair's there. May have came to pass, but why is Arn not there? <laughs> it's a fucking no-brainer to me, but I anyway, agree. Moving on. Jackson from Twin City says Iron Claw movie, yay or nay? Yay. I want to see it. It's got uh, great reviews. Kevin's behind it. It seems to be he just saw it and I saw that he didn't have anything disparaging to say. So Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't even seen the preview. I keep seeing the pictures and them doing this, and this guy looks like this guy, and I haven't you know, seen the preview or anything much on it and wrestling documentary movie or not documentaries, but what, you know, what would you buy biopics? Sure. Sometimes sure. don't play well, you know, like I know, I don't know what you felt like about the young rock, but like, I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Like <sighs> the hokiness of it. I get why they went that route, you know, because you have caricatures of whoever, um, I would like to see a, a more serious. I mean, I think this is a more a bit of a serious side. It's a serious take on it. It's not a it's not a bunch of buffoonery, you know, where we're telling things tongue in cheek back in the day. And I see why Rock went with that for the show. There's a beautiful aspect to that of you know like a sitcom. Um, that's that was the you know the slot that was needed for that. But uh, I think this could be decent. I mean, um, oh gosh, was it Zach Efron that just had a quote about telling stories in matches that's out there? And I'm like, this guy, <laughs> this guy's talking about telling stories and matches. And I'm like, he gets it. Like, he, he gets what he was taught by Chavo Guerrero and the aspects of things that they showed what professional wrestling, in my mind, should be. The storytelling in the ring. Right. All right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with you on this one. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's go with this question here. Uh, Amanda from Clearwater, what's your favorite all-time pay-per-view to watch? Ooh, man. I I don't have a full pay-per-view, I don't think. Um, there's a really good Super Brawl from back in the day that's got Steiners against uh, Sting and Lex Luger. That is just a powerhouse of a match. Um and I'm not the biggest I, – I like all the participants in it, but it was just a hot match. Um, personally, the pay-per-views I've seen, like, actually, like, the old Survivor Series, there's one – I'm going to say it's the second one that – no. Whichever one the British Bulldogs were in with the tag teams. Okay. Like, it was before their – it was their coup de grace. It was, like, their last match. Or they might have worked a few months after this happened. 
because famously, at least in Dynamite's book, he talks about it was on the table for the Bulldogs to work Tully and Arn, but they didn't want to do that. And mm. they left and went to Japan. But this is a big, giant tag team extravaganza. And that match is probably fucking a half hour to 45 minutes. I might be exaggerating, but I really don't think I am because nobody knew how to get out of the fucking match. But I loved it. I loved the all of that. So that Survivor Series is a great one for me because there's been some really good Survivor Series. Um, uh, what I was at, so this is this holds up for me because I was there. Stark eight eighty seven was in Chicago. Shytown uh, heat. It was a Shytown heat. Um, the the main was Ronnie Garvin and Flair in a cage. That match you should go back and watch if you're an enthusiast of chops. They beat the dog shit out of each other's chest. It was nonstop action. They were working hard. Um, I do think it was hard to have. I love Ronnie Garvin. But Flair in Chicago is a huge baby face. So to have Ronnie Garvin against Flair, as far as like the way the crowd looks at Flair is, you know, they're always going to be for, for Flair, especially in that era. Like it was pretty hard for Ronnie Garvin to be a baby face there. But, you know, you had a scaffold match involved. First time I'd seen a dive live, Sting dove over the top in a six man with Zabisco, Eddie Gilbert, and Rip Steiner. He was in, in a match. Uh, Road Warriors against Tully and R and like just a lot of great stuff. So, but but that's personal tastes. All right, let's get to maybe one more question, and then we'll call it a day here. Uh, let's see here. Let's go with Mitch's question. Um, when talking about all time great managers, why does no one ever bring up Percy Pringle slash Paul Bearer? Um. Well. And that's a split question. Is he referring to just Paul Bearer or Percy Pringle? See, Percy I mean, Pringle. I'm wondering if he's just means the same guy. Just him. Just making yeah. sure we knew. Yeah. Um, I don't know that. And probably because he was a gimmick as opposed to when we think manager, we think corny, we think Cornette, we think Heenan in that vein where they're the talkers for the group. They are the guys that uh, they interfere. Paul Bearer didn't really interfere until maybe a little later on, I think. Like when Undertaker, I don't recall him really ever interfering for Undertaker in the early days when they started with the gimmick. Um, it wasn't maybe later till he properly turned heel with Kane and went that way. I mean, he was a heel with Undertaker at the beginning because Undertaker wasn't heel. But unless I'm mistaken, um, I don't. I don't believe he did a lot of interfering. But I. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just. I think it's because because of, of the character. You know, it just wasn't thought of that way to me. Classic I, character. I know, no, I get it. Uh, I don't know too much about Percy Pringle. Um, as I, like I saw kind of some of his later stuff when he was with Dave Marquez doing that. Uh, yeah. But uh, the only thing I really knew him from, like kind of like you said, was the Undertaker stuff. And I never viewed him as a manager more than like, and I hate to use the word advocate, but he just kind of seemed like he was that role. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so I never viewed him as a manager. Like Mr. Fuji was a manager. Mr. Fuji right. was 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 doing things. You know, occasionally Percy would or Paul Bearer would hold up the urn and be like, "Do this now!" And right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like without Paul Bearer, Undertaker would not have been successful. Like Agreed. there were there Agreed. were managers where you go without this person he would not have been successful. Uh, 
Oh, for sure. I don't think I would put Miss Elizabeth up there either because she never, she was just around the ring. And a lot of times she was just more of a detriment to to Macho Man than than helping. She didn't get interfere. She didn't pull. She didn't oh. uh, distract. No? No, no. Well, come on. Think of this classic spot. Heel chase on the outside. Cat and mouse. Whoop, Elizabeth in the way. Oh, baby face turns. Waffle by, by Savage. I mean, interference inadvertently. Okay. So she had a place because he would put her in peril. So that story of he's such an everyone. If you didn't love him already for the gimmick, you fucking hated him because he took this gorgeous woman and kept shoving her in the way so he wouldn't get beat up. So right. I, I I go with that. Um, but I go to, to your advocate. Definitely, that's I couldn't think of it. Yeah, more of what Heyman is now. Heyman's not the guy with the phone bopping people, taking crazy bumps anymore, or any of that stuff. And the old Percy stuff, I can legit say that Percy had the great heat with me that I didn't want to watch him because that face he would make, it, you know, I think I just did it. But he, uh, and he was a great guy, by the way. Like, I, I heard he was nothing but a sweetheart. But back in the Texas days or Florida days, I, I saw him in Texas and I was just like, I don't want to watch this guy. So he did his job. Kind of like Humperdinck. Humperdinck, I don't want to, I didn't want to pay attention to Humperdinck. Again, heard he was a great guy. Never really watched the stuff. It's more like now that I'm I'm going back and seeing some Humperdinck, you know, okay. as a regional manager. But more, I don't I don't know that he really interfered. But like you say, more the advocate. So um, I, I think just like you said, he's he's just an advocate. He really he was he was a piece of the package, and you know, rest in peace to uh, to Percy. But he, uh, I mean, yeah, the Undertaker would have went on for sure. He did go on, but you know, when they brought him back and did different things, you know. Right. I think it would have survived without. It was a great spot, though. Great package to put together. I mean, who else could have done that, you know? I agree. Well, I just realized I say you know a lot, so sorry for all the you knows. Well, I do know. Thank you. Right. Uh, he was a great personality, not a great manager. How about that? There you go. Love it. All right. So listen, guys, uh, Wrestling Perspective Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you get your questions in. We try to answer them before every guest we have. Uh, you know, now that... You're a little bit uh, able to hang out more. You're going to be back around again. I guess there's that's the best way to put that. Indeed. Yeah, I love it. I, I miss coming on here. It was something uh, I didn't realize that I uh, loved doing. You know, that had, you know, the whole summer was, was a great experiment. Um, you know, talking to all the guests that we had and uh, look forward to doing this more. Yeah. And only because, you know, Lars pays you to have to pretend to like me. Right. Oh, indeed. Like he's he's Venmoing me now, right now. Is he? Okay. Well, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because you know I know that there's a strict. If you don't get your money within ten minutes of a podcast, you're gone. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I, I mean, wanted... something just blipped down on my iPad. Is either from uh, Wendy's or or Lars? I don't know what. All right. Well, listen, guys. Thank you so much. Wrestling perspective, Ace. I missed you. I'm glad that uh, you're in my life as a friend and as a. Off and on podcast co-host. So thank you so hey, much. For hanging out. That makes one of us. Oh, <laughs> See you guys later. Wrestling perspective, gmail.com. Email us. Have a great night, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.